Give him some praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hey, y'all can be seated for a couple minutes. We're going to do some announcements real fast. You can be seated for a couple minutes. If you pull out your bulletins in there, you'll find some things. You notice we got this big piano right here, this piano. Uh, Yep, Megan is showing it off like she's on the prices, right? Uh, We got that piano recital today. Amen. And uh, so they're going to be in here at uh, about 1.30. And uh, they're, they're, they came to and practice yesterday. They got two different sessions. And, uh, you know, we're going to be able to bless the city for a change. They're going to come in here and do all of that. So after service, uh, you know, we're going to have our normal service. But if you could do us a favor, I know this is hard. We're Cajuns, you know. Uh, y'all are. I'm not. I'm just transplant. But, you know, uh, been in Louisiana most of my life. It's just one of those things. Um, let's not hang out in the sanctuary too long because here's why we have to disinfect the room. We have to change over the stage, get everything ready. 
and so that they can be back over here by about one. And we still got to try to grab lunch in there somewhere. You know, us big guys like to eat. Um, but I need the disinfectant time to dry. Amen. So if y'all want to visit in the foyer a little bit, that'll be fine. But yeah, so after service, you know, we're not going to kick anybody out, but y'all understand what I'm saying. Uh, we like to visit and everything, but we're going to uh, just do that a little bit outside if we can so we can flip this over and get ready for, uh, for the piano recital. Because remember, we got a piano recital going on, and then at 4 o'clock we leave on the bus to go to Bentley because we're still doing revival services up in Bentley. So there's going to be a crew back here taking care of this facility, and we're going to be up in Bentley. So if you want to go, be here at 4. If you're not already serving and you can jump on the bus with us, uh, we generally get back about 9.30 because we stop and eat. We eat a lot. Uh, we stop and eat on the way back most of the time. But, uh, yeah, so if you want to do that, you can be here at 4 to ride with us. We leave at 4 so we can get up to Bentley and set up. It's 55 minutes away. So we got all that going on. We got a uh, family day coming up, May the 30th. Hallelujah. Uh, we're going to, as long as the weather's good, you know about the weather. Hello, Jesus. Uh, we're going to have the fun jump out there. We're going to have the barbecue pit out there. We'll have the table set up under the foyer. Uh, well, not foyer, but the uh, covering out here. We'll have the table out there, tables and chairs. And we're going to have some hamburgers and some hot dogs and some fun. And, you know, we're going to come in here that morning. Uh, this is the cool part. We're going to come in here Sunday morning on May 30th. We're going to have some worship, right? Uh, we're going to honor our graduates. We got high school graduates. We got college graduates. We're, we're going to have a district official here as well that's going to present uh, somebody getting their credential upgrade uh, with the Assemblies of God. And we're going to make it a day. We're going to have a good time. And uh, then after that, we're going to go outside and eat. And so, you know, don't, don't dress up quite as much as you normally do because, you know, it's going to be hot outside. Uh, so relax a little bit more. But we're going to go outside and hang out. and We're going to have a good time. And then at 4 o'clock, we're still going to go to Bentley. Hallelujah. So. But that's May the 30th. But then the next weekend after that, June the 5th, we have the women's service at 6 p.m. with Susan Richardson. And uh, just remember, she's just a housewife from Onalaska, Texas. That's what she says. Uh, even though she's been traveling the world for over 20 years preaching the gospel and uh, holding crusades and everything. But she's going to be here June the 5th. It's free. Sa uh, women only on Saturday at 6. And then she's going to be here Sunday morning with us. So invite your friends. Get ready to bring ladies. Bring your friends that don't go to church because I promise you. Uh, she'll prophesy over them, and uh, she'll speak into their life, amen, and then so, hey, after that, we still got a men's event coming up, we've got, we've got stuff going on, there's a lot of things, if you start watching in there, uh, we've got open heavens coming up, so I need to know pretty quickly on open heavens just to get a count for the bus, uh, so we can plan on that, and uh, there's more information on the posters outside, we got our posters back up in the, in the foyer out there, amen, so, whew, Hey, it's time we get back out there and be the church, amen? So, listen, we're going we're gonna to bless the Lord with our giving, and then while they're doing that, I want to tell you one other thing. But uh, if you're visiting with us, my name is Richard. I'm the pastor. I'm not the bass player. That's why it doesn't sound as good. Um, I'm normally a keyboardist, um, and, and y'all laugh at me, but I have the notes on the back of the neck. Yeah, I do. Seriously, they're right there. Um, because I understand how to play piano, and I know what's next to a B and a C. That, that's, seriously. So I just press the button. It's anybody can learn to play the bass. Now I'm just picking at Jonathan now. They're traveling. So, um, but yeah, so if you're here with us, you know, we're not trying to get you to give and all. If you want to, feel free. Uh, checks are made out to New Life. Or you can go on our website, newlifeag.church. You can give online there. But we, we believe in giving around here, and we believe in, in blessing the Lord with our gifts. Amen. And uh, this church has always been a giving church. 
and that's why it's a blessed church, amen. That's why it's a blessed church, and the money that comes in is, is spent here in our area, and it also gets sent to missionaries around the world. Uh, we have 14 missionaries around the world that we support, and we have some in Israel as well. And uh, down there, they live outside of Jerusalem, so be praying for those guys because uh, it's getting crazy over there. So let's get ready to give. We have some young men out there that are going to serve us, and then we're going to do something else, amen. So let, let's pray. So, Father, we, again, thank you for being in this place and that we get to be with you. Lord, right now we want to bless you. Lord, we want to bring our tithes, which you've instructed us to do. We also want to bring an offering to you, Lord. So just challenge our spirits today with what we should bring as an offering on top of what we're already giving. Lord, take these monies and multiply them in the life of the giver, but also here in the church. Lord, as I always ask, Lord, I know I make my living all my giving. I can never outgive you. But Lord, I pray that these monies will be used around the world, but Lord, especially right here in the Marksville, Mansura area, Lord, that it would help those that are hungry and help reach those that are not serving Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we give you thanks and glory for what you're doing and what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Come on, if that's what you want, say amen this morning. Amen. Well, thank you for giving. I got our young men that's going to come around and do that. Um, they're going to come around and serve. Go ahead, guys. So, hallelujah. I hear good stories about our young men that are coming around serving, even the one that, that pops out the tray and looks at you funny. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, we're teaching them right. Amen. Teaching them to be givers. So, hey, so I want to say thank you for all your prayers. Uh, Connor is back here, you know, had that eye injury. And uh, it, it's there. It's still healing. Right. Megan. Yeah. Mama. You know, God is doing a work in there where at first they were saying that they didn't think he would see, you know. And, and so God's still doing a work there. So keep praying for him. And uh, we're believing for a complete healing there. Uh, and then we've got uh, Jeffrey that's still in. in uh, well, he's he's still recovering from some things as well, you know, with his liver and his arm. Uh, so continue to pray for him. Uh, Sister Minnie is not here this morning because she had to have surgery uh, on her heart. And uh, so she's in a hospital, but she is watching online. Uh, Brother Jose is over there keeping her straight. Uh, yeah, not really. Y'all know her. Y'all know better than that. Yeah, Jose's just there. But they are watching us online. And uh, so continue to pray for her because it is going to be a road of recovery. We know God is, is able to touch her. But we need to pray for that. You know, open heart surgery is, is painful. So we need to pray for, for pain and comfort. And, you know, it's it just a process. Amen. So once she gets back to the house, we'll let people know. So, of course, they can uh, bless her and make sure she's not having to cook. Uh, y'all know how we do that around here. Uh, so y'all keep praying for them. Amen. Because we, we're believing God for complete healing. And I, I told her the other day, I said, you know, uh, once she's completely healed, she'll have way more energy than me. You know, because with the blockages, she was kind of tired all the time. But she's going to be ready to go. Amen. So it's time to get back to work once she's done with that. Amen. Uh, I probably forgot someone along the way, uh, but, you know, we know we know who you are, amen, and we're praying for you. So let's stand up this morning. We're going to do a little more worship. We'll be a little more serious. Dance to me is just kind of a fun song. But, you know, we love to worship around here, and, and so listen, if you want to come get a flag, we have some on each side, and uh, if you want to come and worship with a flag, feel free. Uh, if you want to run around in the spirit, feel free. Just uh, don't run around in you, run around in him. Amen. Uh, and, and so as long as it's done in the spirit, uh, listen, I want the spirit to move. Uh, I want him to be glorified in everything. So we're going to get a little more serious and we're going to focus on some things this morning.
when I hold my body down. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. When I hear that trumpet sound, gonna rise up out of the ground. There ain't no grave gonna hold my body down.
Come on, give him praise. Come on. If you notice, we did change some of the words. Actually, the singers did. We, we take that liberty sometimes in that second chorus. It says, there ain't no grave could hold his body down. We're like, well, that's past tense. There ain't no grave that could have hit. Well, that's present tense is hold. Past tense is held. There's no grave could have held his body down, and it still can't hold. And it won't hold your body down. Amen. Come on.
Jesus.
Listen, you know why I push you so hard to sing in here? Because if you won't sing in here, you won't sing out there. Come on, it's just the truth, guys. 
if you won't sing where you got all these other voices drowning out yours and you don't have to sing very loud, you won't sing out there when all hell comes against you. When you're there in your house in the middle of the night and you don't feel like you can make another hour. Come on. Listen, can, can I tell you, <laughs> hallelujah, that, that when I had a gallbladder issue, it felt like somebody had a knife right here and was just constantly twisting it, and I thought it was acid reflux. I did everything I could. It was a Sunday night. We'd had a barbecue, and I was in tears all night long. I couldn't, nothing I could do to stop it, and I'm like, God, I can't take another hour, and I would praise. And next hour is, God, I can't take another hour, and I would praise. God, I can't take another hour, and I would sing some more, and I would sing some more. And that's the only way I made it through until it subsided. And then it was four days later before they finally took it out. But Jesus, listen, I was in so much pain that I remember looking at food on Tuesday. And I literally told the Lord, I said, Lord, I, I can never go through that again. There's no way. It's it just too much pain. I can't do it. Because nothing helped. Nothing. So if you can't praise here, you won't be praising there. Come on, we've got to get used to praising, hallelujah. Come on.
like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony to my ears. It's like holy water on my
give him praise this morning come on give him come on guys give him some praise this morning hallelujah hallelujah come on turn to somebody and say Jesus is in this place this morning come on hallelujah Jesus is in this place come on Whew. you can try to be seated this morning we're gonna go ahead and let the children run to the back real quick hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated this morning. Whew, I'm going to grab my stand real quick. Hallelujah. Come on. You know, I don't get to dance behind that piano just as much as I do that bass, but I still like playing the, the, the uh, piano better. Bass is fun, but uh, I ate too many wrong notes. <laughs> I ate way too many wrong notes on that thing. Whew, listen, I want to talk to you about something this morning. God's been stirring on my spirit, and, and uh, I'll turn those up just a little bit for you so you don't freeze. I, I, I know. Some of y'all are burning up. Some of y'all are freezing. Uh, it's just, yeah. Oh, I know. Listen, y'all know me. I'm always hot, so. Oscar, I was trying to help you out this morning, man. Megan told me that she was basically singing all these songs and that I must have been trying to make her hoarse, you know, when she goes home. I said, yeah, Oscar told me. He said I didn't want to listen to her this afternoon. He looked, I said, no, I'm just lying. I told her, I said, no, I just pick it. Sorry. Listen, that's the way I feel a lot of days. Like you go to lunch with me sometimes after service when it's one of those and these, and, and I don't even want to talk. My throat's just tired, you know. And uh, 
But that's okay. I'll lose my voice for Jesus every week, and I don't care. I did it before I got saved, so what's the difference now, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, open your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 1. Don't put it up there just yet. You can put the title up there. I want to talk to you about a sacrifice of sacrifice. Sounds a little interesting, don't it? I want to read something to us first, and then we're going to jump into this. It's just something that's just been stirring on my heart, and I'm going to try to bring it across to you today the best I can, honestly. You know, that's the hardest part about preaching is, is, is bringing it across to people that they can understand and take it home with them, you know? Um, oh, it's just a difficult part to me. Leviticus chapter 1, we're going to start in verse 1. The Lord called Moses and spoke to him from the tent of meetings, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of livestock from the herd or from your, the flock. If his offering is a burnt offering from the herd, he shall offer a male without blemish. He shall bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting, that he may be accepted before the Lord. He shall lay his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it shall be accepted for him to make atonement for him. Then he shall kill the bull before the Lord, and Aaron's sons, the priests, shall bring the blood and throw the blood against the sides of the altar that is at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Then he shall flay the burnt offering and cut it into pieces. And the sons of Aaron, the priest, shall put fire on the altar and arrange wood on the fire. And Aaron's sons, the priest, shall arrange the pieces, the head and the fat. The word fat there is actually the choicest pieces, not fat like what we're thinking of. On the wood that is on the fire of, on the altar. But its entrails and its legs he shall wash with water. And the priest shall burn all of it on the altar as a burnt offering, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Come on, let's pray again. Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you that it is always truth, that it is powerful, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword, and that it will penetrate deep inside, separating bone and marrow. Today I pray, Father, and ask that your your word would, would dig inside of us and challenge us to be more like Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way today. Let me truly have the mind of Christ as I, I share these, these words with your people. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just looking at that one section right there, that was a lot of work. So think about it. You got to go out in the herd and find the choicest. So if you got 100 cows, you got to go through all 100 cows. Not just, yeah, that one looks good. Let me just bring that one, right? That's not what you're doing. You're going to find the choicest calf or the choicest lamb. And then you're bringing it, and, and I love when you study further on, you see the, the uh, peace offering, which is actually an offering that you gave to the Lord. It wasn't required. You went to the door of the tent of meeting. You put your hand on there. And you would actually drain the blood in the doorway. In the doorway. Can you imagine how much it stunk with all that blood everywhere? And then, you know, the way, the way they went about doing the, uh, the, the sacrifices and the offerings. And, man, it was just a lot of work. It, it wasn't something you just threw together. 
there was a plan on how it had to be done. And, and would you want to go up before the Lord and bring a not so, so special sacrifice and then have Aaron's sons not prepare it properly? This is your life, right? You want your sins to be forgiven. Because as, as we've seen in, in history that there was times God just does, right? Not, you know, not, oh, I'm going to release a COVID-19 virus and they're going to make something and people are going to survive. No, and when, when there was sin in the camp, God just dealt with it and it was done. So you didn't want to play around with your sacrifice because this is your once a year even, right? And, and asking for this forgiveness and this covering for you and, and maybe for your family or whatever it was you were doing. Can I, can I throw this out there to you? We come to church on Sunday, do this. We don't do that. Lord, I got a couple bucks in my pocket here. You can just have it. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's one of those. But it ain't all about money. You know, God, I, I ain't got time for church this weekend. I plan on going fishing. This is my only day off I've had in a long time. I'm going fishing. You, you can just do without me today. That's what we do. But could you imagine them doing that? You know, I, I was thinking that, you know, they estimate there was about a million people. There was about a million people out there. And, and you can put that picture up uh, of the ten of meetings. And so you had the, the, the picture of the ten of meetings, the best we can understand. Uh, you know, if you've got a million people out there and you've got to do offerings for all of the families, Right? If they did 1,000 offerings a day, that's 365,000 offerings a year. Have you ever th I, I've never thought about the math in this. <laughs> 365,000 offerings a year. Could you imagine how busy they were and how bloody it was? <laughs> Just, I think personally that they worked very hard to make sure that their offering was going to be acceptable for the Lord. You can bring up that next picture too. Because these guys right here, they were professionals at it. They knew how to do an offering to the Lord. But even the people had to know what to look for and what to do. It took time. It even cost them money, right? Any of those that, that raise cows, a calf is worth money, right? And, and so it cost them money. They were bringing something that they could have made money with. It was messy. You got blood, and, and I used the word entrails like they did, so I didn't freak nobody out, but y'all know what that is. That's all the innards, okay? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it right there for y'all. And it probably stunk because you got blood and entrails everywhere. Yeah, thank God we don't have to sacrifice anymore. But when was the last time that our sacrifice was a sacrifice? <laughs> That's where we're going today. When was the last time our sacrifice was a sacrifice? See, too many believers today live like, oh, well, God, I'm under mercy and grace. Yeah, you are. And thank God for mercy and grace. But the problem is, is we take advantage of that. We take advantage of it. With all of this in mind, why do we think bringing a sacrifice of praise or sacrifice of money or sacrifice of whatever, should just be easy. Some days bringing a sacrifice of praise is not easy. Because it's been a tough day. 
Some days for us in the worship team, we struggle through it because we're battling those spiritual things. So praise is not always easy, but it must be consistent. It must be constant. That's why he says make a joyful noise, because you know what? Sometimes you don't want to make a noise other than just yell because there's just about all you know what to do. But it should be a sacrifice. When was the last time a sacrifice of praise was a sacrifice to us? We, we, we just do it and don't even think about it, right? We swipe our card, we write our check, we throw our money. We don't even think about it, do we? We help when it's not inconvenient. We tell somebody about Jesus when I got time. Well, Lord, I ain't got time to tell that person about Jesus today. I got I to gotta go to lunch. I only get an hour, Lord. You know that. I ain't got time to stop and pray for that person. I get an hour. You, you see where I'm going with this? It, it's, it, it's, it's a sacrifice, but it's not a sacrifice to us. Hmm. Jump over to 2 Samuel for me this morning. I have these on the screen as well for you. But 2 Samuel 24. Some things are easier than others. But if we live with the mentality of that if it's, if it's not costing me anything, it just doesn't matter, right? Is the Lord, and, and I'm using money because that's the one thing that, that challenges us the most. But it really fits in everywhere, guys. This is not a, a sermon about giving and tithing and all that. It's about listening to the Lord and sometimes what he asks you to do is a sacrifice of sacrifice. Your sacrifice is a sacrifice. Has the Lord ever challenged you to give something and you're like, Lord, that's about all I got. Yeah, but they need it. <laughs> I need it. What are you talking about? My, my tank's almost empty. I need that money too. I don't know about y'all, but I've had those conversations. But what I learned was is that the Lord was trying to get something to me, but if he can't get it through me, he's not going to send it to me. And sometimes trusting is a sacrifice. Look at 2 Samuel 24. We're going to jump down to verse 21. I want to I show you this. Look at what King David said. Oh, and you got to love these names. And Aruna said, why has my Lord the king come to his servant? David said, to buy, look at this, to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord, that the plague may be adverted from the people. Then Aruna said to David, let my Lord the king take and offer up what seems good to him. Here are the oxen for the burnt offering, and here's the threshing sleds and the yokes of the oxen for wood. Look at this. And all this, O king, Aruna gives to the king. And Aruna said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. But the king said to Aruna, no, I will buy it from you for a price. I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord responded to the plea for the land and the plague was averted from Israel. Now, I want you to think about that story for a second. Would God have accepted the offering if it would have cost David nothing? He might have, right? We don't know. We don't know. But I do know that Throughout the word, right, I'm going to read off a, a scripture to you here real quick. Luke 14, 27, 28. You can just write it down. 
Watch this. Whoever does not bear his own cross and comes after me can't be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost? We see through the New Testament. This this is an Old Testament law we're seeing in the New Testament that it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. And we want to walk in and just throw a sacrifice up on the, the altar of the Lord and say, well, that didn't really cost me much. I got plenty. Right? Oh, wait, the widow woman, the two mites, which is what, about half a penny maybe? And he said, look at this one. He noticed her. Why? Because what she gave was a sacrifice. She gave all that she had. But all the rich people were just tossing in the money and they were doing those things. Listen, sometimes your sacrifice is going to cost you something to make you sacrifice. Did I put Mark 10 in there for you? Okay, throw that one up there. I'm going to show you Mark 10 also. I'm going to show you a couple things, and then we're going to stop and talk a little bit. I'm just trying to, trying to get you in the mindset of where we're going. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Watch this. Peter began to say to him, Jesus, see, we've left everything and followed you. Now let's just stop. We left everything and followed you. You know, I, I, my pastor told me a story one time of a guy that said he, he felt called to be an evangelist. He was going to travel the world and preach the gospel or pre, uh, travel the nation. He said, well, are you doing that yet? No, I'm, I'm waiting. Um, nobody's given me a, uh, a motor home yet, and I'm waiting on a year's worth of bookings. He's like, well, man, the devil would take that one. No faith in that. That's where we want. Sometimes God says, hey, you're going to lose a few things. Abram, ah, right? Abram, who became Abraham, he had to leave his family and everything. Leave all of it to go follow after a God that I'm going to show you where to go. And remember, he came out of a country where, as far as we know, his dad was somebody that made idols. So he, there was a whole bunch of gods. <laughs> a whole bunch of gods, and all of a sudden one of them is speaking. I would have probably freaked out about that time. But he chose to follow. And it was a sacrifice because he had to leave what he knew. See, oh, we've left everything and followed you. But look what Jesus told him. Truly, I say to you that no one has left house or brothers or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel. Now, look. He's talking about they left houses Their brothers and sisters, their mothers and fathers, children, lands, everything to follow him. And we complain when the air condition is out. Can't go to church today, man, I have an air condition trouble. How about this one? It's raining a little bit. I can't go today. But I got to go to Walmart. I'm going to risk it. I, I love it during COVID. That people wouldn't go to church. I've, I've heard stories of people that still have not gone to church, but they go to Walmart. Well, necessities. Ah, oh, there is the problem. We've got our priorities out of order. You see, sometimes it's a sacrifice. Sometimes it's a sacrifice. 
Jesus said, truly, I say you, there's no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. Oh, wait a minute. They had to put that in there, didn't they? With persecutions. It may be tough. <laughs> it may be tough. And in the age to come, but many who are first will be last and the last first. See, Jesus is telling us, guys, we may have to walk away from some things, and it may cost us. But the sacrifice to follow him is a beautiful sacrifice. And it's a sacrifice of our lives saying, you know what, Jesus, you died on a cross for me. Now I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. And guess what? I don't own myself anymore because I was bought with a price. And so I lay myself down to him. It's a sacrifice. But we live as if we own ourselves and we own everything we have. Can I tell you, I don't own anything. And that's a great comment to say, but can you live like that? You see, can you live like that? When you begin to get that mentality in your inside here and it sets down that I really don't own anything, I, I want you to give that car away. Okay, you give it away. I want you to give that land away. Okay, you give it away. See, when you live like that, you're free. Right? When we lost our house in Hurricane Rita, I didn't cry about it. My prayer was literally, and you can ask my wife, Lord, I don't know why you allowed a tree to fall in your house, but we're going to kind of need somewhere to live. This is his house. It wasn't mine. We're going to need a place to live. And that was it. And I was just so graceful and well, gracious that grateful that all my wife's shoes didn't get destroyed. I didn't have to go back to the store again and buy all those shoes. Ah, just picking. Abraham left everything. Listen to this statement that I found. Giving up everything is a consequent part of following the Lord Jesus. Bonhoeffer, if you ever go study some Bonhoeffer stuff, his words ring true. The only man who has the right to say that he is justified by grace alone is the man who has left all to follow Christ. Bonhoeffer was a, a, a gentleman that was alive during Nazi Germany. And he has some pretty amazing writings if you go study him, if, if, if I'm getting the name correct. I think I am. I heard a sermon by him years ago of, of how Nazi Germany and, and Hitler were going through trying to control the churches. They were taking control of the churches. And, and there was a, a story that had came out. Again, I don't remember if it was Bonhoeffer that was there or he heard the story. But, but uh, if the pastors would... would complain about anything, they would stop them, you know, they would snuff them out, basically. And one of the pastors asked Hitler, he said, uh, in one of these private meetings, he said, well, what about our churches or, you know, what about our freedoms? He said, no, no, no. He said, you have church, but they're mine. They're mine. I do with them as I want to, but you just go have your little church. And, and he was telling them, you stay in your place and I won't kill you. And, and, and that's how he got the control is going through that. Bonhoeffer's got some pretty amazing writings. When Christ calls a man or a woman, he bids them come and die. You die to yourself. When was the last time it was a sacrifice to follow Jesus? When was the last time that, that you felt the sacrifice to say, God, I'm going to follow you? 
I felt that sacrifice through the years. And not just as a pastor, but as, as a believer, right? As a believer, I felt the sacrifices of God, I really wanted to do this. And he said, no, I want you to do this. But in the end, I realized that, that this would not have been as good for me as what he wanted. Sometimes it's not what I want. But through the years, he's, what do you want? Well, I really want this. Now, that ain't very good for you, but okay. Right? He, he, he's, he's a good father. Go over to 1 Corinthians. I want to show you this. 1 Corinthians 9. Guys, following Jesus is tough. It is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's simple with the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's every day. Every day, every moment, you pull out of here and somebody cuts you off and that flesh rises up and you want to just go hit them right and slam on the brakes or... Follow Jesus, follow Jesus, follow Jesus. Peace, 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 peace. Right? It's, it's not just I say a prayer and, and my life is great. You know, I, I heard a pastor say one time that, that, you know, some of y'all come to church on Sunday and you pray for a crop failure. It's like, what does that mean? Well, you've been out there sowing seeds of discord all week long and death. And then we come to church and we pray that God would kill our crop. <laughs> it's us. We need, to, we need to watch what we're doing. Look at 1 Corinthians 9 right here. Do you know, do not know that a race, all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Eternal life is what we're looking for. Our sacrifices on earth are, are nothing compared to what we're going to get. Right. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I might myself should be disqualified. You know, I'm going to pick on Jonathan over there for a second with weightlifting. Do you have to lift weights all the time to stay in shape? Yeah. What if you just went out and started eating everything you wanted and didn't care and didn't lift for about a month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would show. Yeah. But then if he went and picked up the weights and tried to be where he was before, it would hurt. It would hurt. That's like me. I was a great distance runner in high school. That was a long time ago. If I got out there and tried to run three miles right now, y'all better just go ahead and get St. Landry or Katie and rolling because they're going to catch me about a block and a half down there. And I'm going to need some oxygen, some IV, and maybe the paddles. And then for the next two weeks, I'm going to complain to my wife how I'm sore. Why? Because I haven't been doing that. Following Jesus is a daily sacrifice to say, flesh, die. Flesh, die. It costs me something, guys. To follow Jesus is the greatest thing I've ever done, but it's the most difficult because my flesh wants to come up. Now, it gets easier the longer I serve him. But I'll never call it easy. You understand what I'm saying? Because it's just like training. Weight does become easier until you start adding more weight. And the same thing with you. To say, Jesus, I want to know more about you. Yeah, you're not ready to handle that. Well, what do you mean? Every time I ask you to do something, you don't do it. You don't want to know more about me because the more you know, the more it's going to require of you to sacrifice yourself. 
to die on the altar some more. You see, to walk into that holy of holies, we have the ability, right? Through the blood of the lamb, we can boldly go into the throne of grace and mercy. We can boldly enter into that place. But you're just not going to walk in there today. Because sin is not going to walk into the presence of God. And guess what? There's some things in our life that he is still working out. He's still working. That's the carpenters. See, I know some country. He's still working on me. Make me what I ought to be. My mom had that record. So we had a few records. Listen to this. This is written by Vance Havner. He was born in the early 1900s. He died in 19, around 85, 86. Listen to this. We have made discipleship too easy. We live in an age that wants something for nothing. Duty and discipleship are out of date, we say. We have forgotten that we are to endure hardness. That Ananias told Paul what things he must suffer. Think about that. Saul, who became Paul, right? He was told, this is what you're going to suffer for my name's sake. And he still chose to do it. Can I, can I say that most of us today, if we were to walk to an altar and have an, an encounter with Jesus, yeah, I'm not doing that. You mean they're going to beat me? They're going to do what? Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, no. I, I didn't buy into it for that, man. That's not why I wanted to follow you. I'm looking for the bed of roses, land flowing with milk and honey, right? I'm looking for the daddy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He just drops me money in my bank account all day long, and, and that's the God I'm looking for. He was told what he would suffer, not what a fine salary lay ahead. These, these are written from mid-1900s, okay? Salvation has become a nightcap. Instead of a helmet. I thought that was an interesting statement right there. Ours is an air-conditioned, upholstered, streamlined faith. Now, y'all going to have to help me with this next one. We go to heaven in Pullman's and stop over at Vanity Fair for the weekend. I don't even know what Pullman's are. I figured it was a type of clothes or something. Okay. We go to Vanity Fair for the weekend. Instead of fleeing the city of destruction, we are out to clean it up with a social gospel. Tunnels have been put through the hill of difficulty. And the dirt has been used to fill up our valley of humiliation. It is said that at the early church convention of Nice, of the 318 delegates, there were no more than a dozen who did not bear up upon their bodies the marks of suffering in Christ's name. How many of us bear any sign of suffering in Christ's name? Think about that. Because we stay away from all those things. It's not, it's okay. You know, I got messed with a lot in the Navy when, when I wouldn't let them watch their shows they wanted to watch. We were on the ship. My supervisor, my friends. They wanted to put on a videotape of some stuff they weren't supposed to be watching. And, and they're like, well, you can leave. Uh, no, this is as much my shop as it yours. The chief come in there, and he started getting on me and everything. And I had to make a choice. Was I just going to walk out and let them control me? Or I basically just made a comment to them of this. Well, guys, y'all have a choice to make. And they're just looking at me like, they all outrank me anyways. 
That video that you guys are wanting to watch in here is, is against the law, according to the UCMJ article, and I knew the article. I said, so I can go in there and report y'all, or y'all could just wait till I'm ready to leave, and then y'all can do what you want to do. I said, but you're not going to kick me out of here. I've got just as much right to this room as you do. What do you think happened? They didn't watch that video. <laughs> but you know what? That cost me. That cost me. Friendships. A great deal of water has run under the bridge since those days. Cushions have supplanted crosses. Comfortable Christians sing, where he leads me I will follow. But not having counted the cost, they bring what they are unable to finish. But we thank God that when we start in his strength, he who has begun a good work in us will perform it. That's Vance Havner. Guys, let me... I didn't come with points today. Because you know what I felt when I, when I was beginning to, to put all of that portion together? Here's what, here's what I felt in my spirit. What, what we have grown accustomed to is somebody telling us that these are the things in the scripture and where, where we're dealing with and we need to correct them. And then some preacher stands up there and gives you points on how you're supposed to fix it. Right? I'm going to give you three points on how to, how to fix your problems. And then you don't do most of them anyways. None of us are getting down on our knees and saying, God, this is my struggle. How do I get past it? I'm not giving you points today. I've told you what it is. And God says, now, if you want to get the, if you want to truly understand what a sacrifice it is to follow me, you're going to have to get on your knees and find it because it's going to cost you something. Following Jesus is going to cost you something. Not me digging into the scriptures, not me allowing the Holy Spirit to give me those points, because I have points I could put down here that we need to do this, this, and this, and this. But God says he wants his people to get back on their face and say, God, what do I need to sacrifice? What is it in my life that I need to lay on the altar for you, God? Why is it that I'm not seeing the blessings in my life? Why is it I'm not seeing your power flow through me? Why is it that I'm not seeing things change? I got saved all those years ago, but I feel like the same person. That's because we're not sacrificing ourselves. We've, we've, we've grown into this religious system that all I do is just toss money in a plate when it comes by. Can I tell you a, a I'm, I'm, again, I'm not talking about any people, any particular person. I've been in church a good while. And I've been serving in ministry for a good while now. There's nothing against you taking your offering and squeezing it and putting it in there so nobody sees how little you put. Let me set you free on that today. I've watched people do that because they have so little they, they don't want to feel out of place because everybody else has 20s and 100s in the pot. And they may have only a dollar, so they wad it up, make it look like a bunch, and they'll do this. If it's a sacrifice, you put it in there because you're probably putting more than the others did anyways. Come on. It, it's time we get past these religious thoughts. Man, listen, if you got a buck and that's what you're putting in there and that's what God said, you throw it in there proudly because your one dollar is probably a million in heaven. And, and when the altar time comes, we, we run and hide. I don't want anybody to think that I've got a problem. <laughs> well, I hope y'all are perfect because your pastor has problems and he goes to altars too. Trust me. 
It's a sacrifice, guys. It's a sacrifice. But when are we going to sacrifice anything? We've grown so accustomed to this system that's been placed before us that we don't even think twice about it anymore. If you want God to change your life, then lay your life down on an altar and say, God, I'm willing to follow you. Are you sure? (laughs) What if you have to give this up? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. One thing at a time, he's going to start working out in you. But guys, it all starts with acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Everything starts there. Everything starts there. And you know what? I pray that prayer a lot. Just about every night I go to bed, I pray that prayer. And you know the part of the prayer that I I pray is, God, forgive me for all the sins that I've done and forgive me for those things that I didn't even realize I did to someone else. Bring them to my mind so I won't do them again. Because we don't even think about it. I don't think about it sometimes. I'm busy and I go. But you know what? If we're going to continue to see God move through us, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. What is it costing you? Is it a sacrifice at all? Or do you just walk life and whatever comes and goes, whatever ebbs and tides? It's, it's as simple. It's simple. So today I want us to, to, to pray. I want to ask you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've said that prayer and you say, you know what? I, I need Jesus to set me free. I've said a prayer, but, but I, need, I, need, I need help. I need him in a whole new way. And I want to lay my life down. I want to show it to him today. I just want you to get out of your seat and come up here. It doesn't matter. Maybe you've been saved for 30 years and you're like, you know what? I want to I do it. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're not following Jesus and you know you're not following him the way you should. There's going to be some religious people that aren't going to do anything because they don't want anybody to laugh at them or to think bad about them. Just come to the altar. I want to pray with you today. I just want to pray with you. I'm going to move this out of the way while you do that. God, I thank you. I need Jesus to forgive me and set me free from me. God, I need him to set me free from me. You've set me free from the world already. I've asked you to be my savior, but I I, I have a problem submitting as Lord. See, that's where we get stuck, right there. So I need you to set me free from me. Because me being in control does not me is is not me submitting to you. Jesus. Set me free today, God. God, forgive me of my sins. Maybe you're watching online. Come on, just forgive me of my sins. Lord, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I submit to you now as Lord over my life and everything that I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. Everything is yours. And help me to walk in that right now. I submit to you as my Savior and your your blood was shed for me and washes over me and cleanses me and forgives me and makes me now in right standing with the Father. I acknowledge you, Jesus, are the Son of God. You died, you rose again, but now you sat in heaven with the Father. And I accept you 
in my life. I accept you into my life today. Father, just bless me, God. Come on, do some digging this morning. Come on. Do some digging this morning. Jesus. Lord, we just pray once again, Lord, for Connor, that he would be healed in the name of Jesus. This eye would be completely restored, vision completely restored right now in the name of Jesus. Completely restored, God. No cloudiness, no scratch, no pain of any kind in the name of Jesus. I command this eye to be opened right now and be restored in Jesus' name. Pray for, for Miss Minnie, Lord, this, this heart surgery she had. Lord, I just pray that a rapid restoration upon her, rapid healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, that nausea would be gone right now in the name of Jesus Christ. No nausea. Lord, pain would be gone right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty Right now I'm reading a book called Doorkeepers of Revival. It's the church in Arizona. They're a sustained revival. The wife wrote a book called Doorkeepers of Revival. I'm still in the beginning, more like chapter four. And it's at a point in the book where they're telling the struggles they had. Now you can relate that to your personal life. Whenever you seek for revival, you're going to come against things. Because there's things in your life that's going to stop you. In the books, he's talking, they have the mantle of the doorkeeper of revival. That's what they were wanting for, revival, revival, revival. That's what they pushed for constantly. But you're going to get in your way. You're going to have that wall. I don't want to stand up for worship. My leg hurts. You know God can heal legs, right? Do you have enough faith to ask God to heal your leg? Or give you the strength to do this like he did with his gallbladder? You have faith to step into that. You have to step into your calling. You can be called to do something and it never happened because you never took that step. You could be the person to start revival at this church, another church, wherever church you're at, but you never took the step. 
That's nobody else's fault. You got to ask for bravery. Lord, give me bravery. I'm 19 years old. I think I want to be up here. I'm shaking right now. I don't like being in front of people. But I know I needed to say it. Because there's people in here. You have your own wall in front of you. You don't want to get up. You don't Like he said, you don't want people to think something's wrong with you. You think you're perfect. That's the problem. You're not perfect. No one in this room is perfect. No one in this room has zero problems. If you think you have no problem, that is your problem. You need to be set free from that. You'll never go anywhere with your life if you stay in the same spot. You need to be able to take that step of faith. Even if you don't know what's wrong with your life and you feel there's a hindrance, you need to pray for what is it. What can I do? I have issues in my life. I have a board next to my walkway to get out of my room. You know what it says? Um, I have don't give up on it. I finally hit a day because I keep falling back in my own sin. I struggle with it every day, but I make sure I don't forget it's there because I have a God that can help me get over it. I can get over it with God's help. You can get over yours with God's help. There's people who have gone years sober, smell it, fall off the wagon. You can get over your issues, whether it's drugs, whether it's lusting for people, pornography, shooting up, partying all night. If you ask God to help you with true intent, you'll get over it. But you have to accept the fact. It's like an addict. You have to accept that you have something wrong. If you have an addiction, you need to break that addiction. I had to break my own addictions in my life. Whatever it is, I have to break it. The fact that I don't like coming up here is an addiction. I had to break it. Whatever analogy helps you, you need to break it. Because there's too many people I see get on their face at their chair. At your chair. Maybe you breaking your wall is getting that step and doing it. Maybe that's literally all it takes, the fact that you stepped out into it and the wall's gone. You have to have faith for your wall to be broken. I'm here, right in the now. Yesterday I was praying for people to dance because I don't see anyone dance. If you look at churches, very, very few people dance. Yay, that's not dancing. That's doing what everybody else does. You see them on stage jumping up and down. He's got a weapon in his hand. They're jumping up and down, hitting wrong notes. They're still getting excited. Because I can stand over there and I feel the wave hit me and then it hits you. There was a raise of hallelujah the first time they did it. I felt it hit me. I hear started coming up and then I saw a dance. People started to dance because they stopped caring. Break off the facade. Get out of your way. Let God use you. You all have a calling for something. Let God use you. Hallelujah. I'm going to grab the oil. Yeah. Hey, we're going to pray for Connor. They went and got him in the back, so I'm going to grab some oil. How about you, but I like oil. Yeah. Connor's here, so we're going to anoint him. Can I pray for you, man? Okay, come on. Come on. The Bible says that we can anoint with oil. Where's the rest of my deacons at? I got any of them here today? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, Tootie. Come on, Chip. Come on. Y'all served here for a long time looking for the rest of them out there. Mike, come on up here. 
The Bible says we can call for the elders of the church. So we got our deacons here we have. And if you want to stand up and raise your hand, come on. We're going to pray. Prayer of faith. So, Father, we anoint him with oil right now in the name of Jesus. We have called for the elders. Father, I release your healing power right now. You are the God that healeth thee. And I speak to this eye and I command it to be healed and made whole in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Right now. Right now, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, I just release your power right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Jesus, mighty name. Hallelujah. 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 Thanks, buddy. You think Rylan don't like getting in front of people? <laughs> Hallelujah. He wants to crawl out of a hole, but hey, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for letting me pray for you. Hey, you know, I had a video. I'm going to show it next week. It's about five minutes long. It was a young man being healed in a service over at Fresh Start, actually, in Arizona, where that book was written. Um, I didn't get it in time. Somebody was editing it for me. But uh, Pastor John Ortiz was actually at the service and videoed the uh, the healing actually taking place. Uh, it's about five minutes, but I said he, he sent it to me late this morning. I'm, I'm going to show it next week. But uh, listen, sometimes it costs us, guys. It costs us. And you know what? We need to do those. We need to sacrifice. And I can tell you this. If you start sacrificing some things in your life, you will see some change. You'll see some change. Amen. So listen, come Wednesday night expecting. Amen. Come Wednesday night expecting God to do amazing things. I'm expecting God to do amazing things tonight over at Bentley. I, I go every service expecting. Expecting God to do amazing things. Amen. So listen, I love you. Stand up. I want to pray for you this morning. And we're going to start flipping the room over. Father, I pray for your people, Lord. These are your people that you have brought in here today. Those people that are even online with us, God. Lord, I thank you that you are watching over us. That our steps are ordered when we're following your path, Lord. When, when we're following you, our steps are ordered. And I pray right now, Lord, that the people that are here today, those online, would realize that their steps are ordered. And I speak peace over them, Lord, that they would have rest at night. Lord, they would have the ability to get wealth because that's what your word says. And I speak that over them right now. I also speak health and safety, God, as we continue to go through this season where there's infectious things all over the place. I just continue to speak health over your people, God. And I pray for opportunities to share the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ with people that are lost and hurting. Make it so strong inside of our spirits that we cannot pass by. And bring us closer to Jesus and let us begin to sacrifice those things out of our life. Let us understand that it is not cheap to follow Jesus. And it's not necessarily easy. So I bless your people and I bless them in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen with me. Amen. We love you. Thank you for, for, for being here with us. Hey, if you're going to be serving in the first or second group, just come see me real quick. I'll kind of... Unless you're already moving some tables and things. Uh, we kind of already given some instructions on that. But be here Wednesday, 7 o'clock.